And we're on the air. Welcome, Lenny and Neil's new venture, everybody. Oh, it always is exciting. It's Lenny and Neil are exciting. back. First it was uh, the stress factory, then water balloon. Yeah. Four Corners Podcast. I'm Lenny Marcus. This is a new podcast. For those of you who don't know, I'm a stand-up comic, filmmaker, giant statistician, etc., but mostly comedian here in New York City. And some of you might know me from the beloved Trainwreck Misery Loves Company podcast or the Chip Chipperson podcast. But this is hopefully going to be way different, way less cringeworthy. It's just going to be lighthearted fun. Luckily, I'm not alone. My sometimes best friend, sometimes writing partner, sometimes pain in my ass. Neil Potter is here, of course. Well, can I do my intro now? In a second. Just a regular guy. Regular guy. Keeping it simple. <laughs> the idea is that Neil and I could basically discuss anything, and I mean anything, for 15 minutes. And we'll usually be lighthearted and goofy because we do not take most things seriously. But we get into weird discussions, and this podcast is going to be just four random topics with eclectic guests from all walks of life, complete with lighthearted nonsense. That's what we're shooting. We're light rock. I like the word lighthearted. You like lighthearted? Yeah, light rock. Light. We're light rock. We're yacht rock. What do they call it? But that? not yeah. elevator music. Let's be clear. Just somewhere like we're some, yeah, lighter. We, we try to be a little edgy once in a while. We're, you, you can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Gmail. We're at 4C Podcast, the number four. 4C podcast at gmail.com, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, 4C podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. You like that? That was a good I intro. consolidated while you were away. Uh, I did like that. Okay. I mean, and our first corner, let's just get right into it because um, we'll do uh, meet Neil and Lenny for the first 15 minutes yeah. of our first corner today. Just because, you know, nobody, let's just get into it. Like, Are we going all the way back to the beginning? Let's go back to the beginning. We met, uh, what? Uh, 20 plus years ago I don't know It's hard to say Let's just keep it At like five years ago <laughs> <laughs> No 20 years ago nah, <laughs> Let's not bring Truth into this Alright no truth Let's we say went. Four or five years ago Dark room New Jersey Alright stand up comedy I didn't actually Meet you there I met you I was doing I was doing the open mic In New Jersey Because that's where I live But I was doing like uh, Like stand up New York I would come into Stand up New York and do like you could bring ten people. Yeah, we were doing the bringer. I, I was bringing like thirty. You brought a lot of. I people. brought a lot of people. Everyone be like, if Lenny's doing the show, get on the get show. on the show because he's gonna. And you got good people. I got good people. They were just random people who had you know they wanted to see me. Yeah, do your stand-up. people were the best people. My people were more bitter and angry that they had to be there. But your people, <laughs> like everyone, tried to search out the Lenny Marcus show. Oh, I didn't Did know, you know that. Oh yeah, you had the greatest. A Carol. I mean, because you'd go oh, off Caroline's. that kind of show after Lenny's show if you're on. Lenny show the Lenny Bringer show then you'd leave really thinking you, you're you like a real comic well people really wanted to see me do this so like I didn't know and this is how naivete right so you have to bring five people or yeah. three people yeah. I brought like 35 and then after you know after like 10 of these you realize 
uh, people don't want to come back. Like, why? I should be siphoning. I should be in the minimum <laughs> amount of people. There's a whole art to the bringer shows. Totally. And there's so many different ways. But yeah, I would force people to go. And oh, I mean, I really, my brother lived here, so I always used him and his friends. But then they became a real nuisance because they were way they were Wall Street guys and they would get way too drunk and they take over the show. So then it's like that's why your crowd was like the perfect crowd. But yeah. eventually they're all all these people. Eventually they just ignore you and, and then they don't. You know what I mean? It's, well, it's such a it's so hard. It's almost like you have to work a lot of different jobs at companies. Yes. While you're doing stand up. Yeah. Temp jobs so you can drain those like you really there's an art that's what I'm saying there's a real professional art to it there is like, you gotta last like three to five years if you're gonna do those shows yeah and you wanna bring the minimum if you're smart you'll bring the minimum amount of people like you have to yeah. bring five to get ten minutes you bring five and you rotate these five until you work on your new stuff like are you gonna do the same material that's what they get, <laughs> no, it's, they get so, it's a really hard I don't even believe you, we do this like people still know, do this because it's, it's insane it's really hard because then you gotta talk to everybody there's really no it's like Part comedy, part something else. Because if you bring 30 people, like you'd ask five people to come, and the next thing they'd be like, uh, we're making a big deal out of it. And next thing you know, there's 30 people. And it was before yeah. it was before Facebook. So next thing you know, you got 30 people, which means then you got to go out with them all. And then, it's a, and then you got to arrange where to go. Yeah. It's, yeah. Just, it, it's not about. Meanwhile, the professional comics at the time would just come in and sponge off your people and just like, <laughs> and then, I don't know. Yeah, right in the middle, they would put like the, you know, Gaffigan would come oh in. God. Yeah, and he'd murder. <laughs> yeah, but your crowd was the best. My favorite, my favorite thing was, no, because Gaffigan wasn't even. He, no, he was, think, uh, he was doing, he, a, was, he did Caroline's there, but he wasn't a guy that would come in and walk. we were still like I think the guy that rocked the show the most of all my bringer shows was the guy Anthony from Boston Anthony uh, he had his own sitcom Southern accent. Oh, Anthony Clark. Yeah, that guy. Yeah, he was, was on Anthony show. Clark. That guy was like, uh, that's when my friends thought, okay, wow, you're pretty good. You're on the show with this guy. Right. And, and even though. I mean, well, he closed all the shows. And he was a funny act. Yeah, he did the whole Southern, like, twang. What, like, what was it, Yes, Dear? Was that, what was the name of that show? Yes, Dear? Yeah, yeah he, so. he was like the formula of a guy that did it and made it. And yep. like, so he was. So, yeah, people. But then, you know, I think on one, I don't know if it was, was it Robert Klein came in on one? There was some big name that came on one and Carol, when we did Caroline's. Yeah. And my parents were like, oh my God, he's legit. My, my <laughs> no, son no, is on the show would, at these You people. would really, people would really believe that. You were, like, yeah. it was big time. It was I big mean, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, well, when you got to that, but you had to bring, you know, that they loved when you brought people. So anyway, I met you at that, bring, at these bringers. Uh, I remember you had a goatee going, and then I you had a lot like, of hair. A lot of crowd point. work yeah. going. Yeah, and I, you murdered the first time I saw him. I'm like, who's this guy? He's wearing all black. He's got to go teed. He's oh murdering. God. I must have copied. I was just a pure copy. I was copying anybody. Anybody <laughs> I could find, I was just copying because I had no idea what I was doing. I just talked really fast and just, it was, it was, it was, the whole thing is so, the beginning of stand up comedy is so bizarre because everyone tells you stuff. That was the weirdest part about the whole thing is like your friends always say the same thing. Like, you were the best one. <laughs> they always say that. It, it's such a lie. Like, oh, they, and then they, they dog up somebody. Yeah. And they dog up everybody. But you were the best one. And then you is like, after a while, at first you're like, yeah, you know what? I was the best one. And then after a while you realize, oh, you, I wasn't the best I'm one. I'm not the best one. Yeah. Oh they're all, they're, people still do that to this day. My friends come, any friend who comes goes, you were the best one. On I know. Show. It's a like, weird come thing. Come on, man. Like I watch it. the show. <laughs> I know. I know. They I wanna, know the people. They want to say it so bad. Like yeah. you were the best one. Like that's the one other thing. I know. Yeah. But, but um, then I was, so I was still living in New Jersey and then all uh, Vinny Brand at the Stress Factory, little shout yeah. out to him. He had open mic every Wednesday, so I would do that, and then on the weekends I would come in and do those bringer shows or, you know, a different night of the week. 
And then all of a sudden, one day, you got on a train and came, heard about this open mic and came out. And it, like, guys would come out from the city to go to different places. There was another place down in like... Uh, the laugh, uh, Laughing Bean. Yeah, laughing yeah, Bean. Yeah. It was a well, coffee we shop. So, and that was a big thing. You don't understand. We were, we, first of all, I always think of you as from New Jersey in the first place because you were out in that apartment, like great. corporate thing. And it was so great. But I, my favorite thing was that we go to New Jersey because there'd actually be real people in the audience. All the places in New York were just straight comics listen to comics and it was just you, you'd leave you'd want to kill yourself after the shows they were awful but when we go to Jersey it was a be real like crowd almost a show yeah <laughs> there would be actual real people who came in yeah, on the it was like even though we were literally losing 30 bucks on the train and, and then we drank a couple <laughs> beers next thing you know you, stand up comedy was costing you like $50 a day mm. for that that's was, why you go. To yeah, that. you'd lose money on that train ride, people. But you guys came out. It was still kind of viable. Like it was only like a ten dollar train. Now it's like a twenty five dollar train ride to that go to that place. I still had my best show. I still the, my best show I've maybe ever done, which is, doesn't say a lot about my career. Was I still remember being at the Laughing Bean and I was with everybody, mm-hmm. and I I had not really done. I, I was doing it and I was doing some crowd work, but I was having this great show and everybody was like panicking in the back of my friends because the train was coming. You had to get back on the train if you missed the train. It's like an hour. <laughs> You're going to stay there. But I was like, I'll miss that train. <laughs> <laughs> you were killing so bad. Yeah, I really wasn't. There was only like five people in the room, but that's how like desperate I was. Did you make it? Did you make I, the train? No, they rode back by themselves. I missed the train, and I rode it like an hour and a half later <laughs> for a show in front of four people. But <laughs> I was like, oh my God, that was so great. Four people are going to tell me you were the best one. Yeah, I was, oh my God. And two worked at the place, but it was great. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god but you guys walked into the stress factory one day you Peter Boris uh, who I yeah. started and then um, Mooney he's that he's not here by the way probably Peter. we'll he's get there. him on we'll get yeah, him on no we don't want to get him on well it's Lenny and Neil it's not Lenny and Neil and Peter you know uh, well, the audience will meet Peter but you eventually. fell in love with stand up comedy right from the get go I mean you were in you were all in really quick I mean it's not like you ever questioned it. you were just boom and you were all in oh yeah I knew I wanted to do it well the, the Peter Fishman, who you know, uh, we have him on. We yeah, have, yeah, we've yeah. recorded one with him. Peter Fishman and I have been talking about this since we were 17. Like, he had every comedy record you could have. And um, we would play it in college to go to sleep to. And he would play these records. And uh, we ever you ever think about doing stand-up? Yeah, but we both knew that these guys were making it look easy. Like, we knew comedy was hard. Like, a lot of people, even to this day, when you see people like, I'm funny, I can go up there. Yeah, yeah, no, no. no, no It's a different level. It's a whole different thing. The second you walk on that stage and grab that mic, you realize, "Uh uh-oh, I'm not as good as I, I'm not as funny as I thought I was. So, but you didn't do stand up. When was your first? No. Your first stand up like, was that stand up New York. Your first, no, very first uh, stand up New York. Yeah, was I was New like twenty nine and a half. That yeah. was your very first show. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think you guys are there, and I couldn't have been more intimidated. Like who? Are these? And you watch the three guys go up who have done a couple of them. No, my very first show was at the old uh, New York Comedy Club. Oh my god! I went with my friend who went Brent. Yeah. And it was, and he ended up, you know, having a show just recently. Yeah, but, oh my god, it was. It was. <laughs> and then I didn't do it again for almost a year. Oh really? Yeah, because yeah, yeah, it's frightening. Someone told me I should do it, and I just did it with him. And we went up there and just, it was just. Got to off. me, it's exhil- It was so exhilarating, but like, um, I couldn't get the mic out of the stand. I'm like, I gotta buy a mic stand, you know, because I can't. I'm, I couldn't figure out how to pull the mic up. It was too yeah. short. I couldn't figure out how to circle. It was a complete 101 no, disaster. Mic, the, the what to do with the mic. Would take, it's hard. It would take two years to figure this out. Yeah, I would panic more about. I would have anxiety about 
do I hold the mic? Do I hold it on the <laughs> mic stand? stand? You know, and then everyone tell me all these lies. How yeah. some comics time it out on this word, they take it out of the stand, <laughs> and then they put. And I was like, really? I yeah. thought everyone just jumped up there. And in two seconds, everybody tells you if you ever watch Jerry Seinfeld, just just take the mic out of stand, very quiet, calmly put do. it behind that's your, you, yeah, yeah, that's what you, and do. the end. Yeah, and that is the way to do yeah, it. And when you see guys nervous. leaning on the stand or whatever, uh, you that. know they're nervous. I was a leaner. Yeah, Eddie Brill said that. Like if you lean on the stand like anything beer bottle leaning on the stand so I was like these guys are nervous so I knew it right away like I it's still to this day two seconds in I know if they're nervous I know if it's a new joke if people are leaning on a mic stand in the middle when they don't normally lean on the mic stand this is a new bit they are yeah. very rocky situation. Oh, yeah. I just think you're so nervous at the beginning you can't even see the whole oh thing that whole the, thing was yeah. just I was holding on for deal like yeah. if you watch my early sets I'm holding on to the entire mic stand like i trying to hide behind it almost but it's fun. hard because you're going right in we're doing shows with like you know with like 150, 200 people in the bring. I mean, the bringer shows as a Caroline's. As, uh, Caroline. No, even stand. Oh, stand up in New York. Same. These these bringer shows oh, they were, were packed. packed. Yeah, they were packed. I mean, you're you're going from like doing comedy like two or three times, and it's not like you did open mics for like three years, and then you're doing a. You're going right into the. Well, that's how the clubs made money. I mean, the early show would be packed, yeah. and then the regular show would start after, and the regular comics would be miserable because there'd be twenty five people there, thirty people. I'm just gonna write a book on bringer shows because it's just so much about. They this. make so much money. It's just so bizarre. That that, that's how that business became, you know. Well, at Stand Up New York, they had they had a thing, world's funniest accountant, world's funniest, yeah. or New York's no, funniest bringer lawyer. bringer shows took over the whole, it used to, when we very first started, it used to be just one bringer show, and then and next thing you know, you know, five years later, every night's a bringer show. Yeah. Like every single, they'll, they'll, if you're bringing 30 people, they'll put you on Saturday night, they don't give a crap anymore, mostly, you know what I mean, it became a lot of bringer shows. Anyway, to bring it back, you guys walk into the, to the, um... Stress Factory in New Jersey. I'm like, hey, what do you guys do now? And you're like, that's that guy who brings a lot of people. So he starts talking. No, brings a lot of great people. <laughs> I didn't think about that. Well, thank you. I'll yeah, try yeah, to yeah. take that as my friend. You have, your friends are great. So supportive. Yep. And then they, um, and then you were like, come on in and do our show. Yeah. And I, again, to this day, I never realized that people really only wanted me on their show because so, I bring good people. <laughs> Not really. They cared about my comedy. No, they, you guys thought I was pretty funny. So you were like, come on in. And then you guys started a thing at Boston. How'd you get that show at Boston Comedy Club? Uh, which is now in Crashing, by the way. Yeah, and if you watch yeah. the show Crashing on HBO, it's frightening. They have built yeah. the Boston Comedy Club, and it looks exactly. I mean, chills go up my spine. I yeah. hated that room. Apparently, they came. In, I don't know. I just like, oh yeah, that's kind of. It's a weird thing to watch that show, but it is what it is. Uh, <laughs> it's our. That was your life. Yeah, I mean, that's what we did. It's just a weird thing. I mean, I don't know, but I, I Boston was just a room that no one did the show, and then again, we just like did the. I was like, can I just do the show? And then I, because I had all the f- comics, right. I always knew the comics. So we was like, let's just do the show, and we did the show. And then I would either host it or whatever. And then we had people. What do you mean? Oh, you had the pe- audience. And then, and then I think the, the, whoever the door guy was like, oh my god, you have people. people. Yeah. And he's like, can you do it next week? And the next thing you know, we just kind of took we, over that. It was a great. It was great five dollar cover, yeah, yeah. one drink minimum. All our friends would come to see us work yeah. on stuff. Eight o'clock Saturday night. You couldn't get close to an eight o'clock show on a Saturday no, night in the village. And yeah. again, I I still think uh, you know, speaking of Peter, we had like the I I the Laughing Bean was a funny show, but the greatest show still. That's my career. You know, whatever it is. It, but the the 
the guy from U2 came to the show. Oh, uh, The Edge. Yeah, yeah. No, the, the not The Edge. Uh, that would not have been, Bono. The, the drummer the came. Oh. And, and he was in our show. Or Adam Clayton yeah, came. Yeah, and I thought, guy. again, I was like, damn, I'm, this is amazing. I got from U2. That's my band. And I, I, I really thought this was it. I was like, oh, my God. You know, I should have just quit right there. Because no, the I didn't know that was going to be the high the high point. And no, I, my favorite one. high point story is Barry Katz. Like, Barry Katz <laughs> owned the Boston Comedy Club. He managed everybody. Comes Hears of this show. Comes down one night. Packed house. Everybody murders comes up to you at the end and you're like oh my god this is it Barry Katz <laughs> yeah, 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 wants yeah. to talk to me and what did he say to you oh god come on just do it hey papa <laughs> right he yeah, goes yeah. hey Neil and you're like yeah he goes good set man he goes how do you get all the people <laughs> that's in all he cared about. that's I, all he cared that was the first reality check that I wasn't <laughs> anything that no one even saw me on stage they're just like damn you gotta get a lot of people can you get some for the 10 o'clock show <laughs> <laughs> oh my god and then all those great guys the you know Chappelle's would come in and, yep. and do spots at the end of our shows yeah Godfrey whole, Chappelle Attel yeah. they would come it in was and, cool can I do five minutes yeah cause the crowd was bigger than the one they were about to perform in front yeah no I like those shows and every that was easy because everyone wanted to go out in the village so those were easy shows to do i don't even know i guess it was all but yeah we had a good group of people it was really fun and then 20 years later you don't even do this anymore i can't do that i i would they couldn't even get that show i couldn't even get that show anymore (laughs) well stan that that show doesn't exist anymore nor does the boston comedy club doesn't exist anymore barry cats is in la in our head yeah crashing is about the closest thing you're gonna come to what was that scene 20 years ago and uh yeah i mean it's a great i would i still always want to do shows anyway 20 years later we're doing podcasts and we've said this over the years like every year it seems like something else we're just about wrapped up with our segment but um every like one time it was you had to do stand-up right everybody yeah. was doing stand then you had to go to montreal then you had to have a one-man show then you had to have you know what i mean you had well, to be on facebook these, myspace yeah. presence it was you always, to, i was always a race like to uh like oh are you going to be a stand-up comic or are you in this business just to just to get a show, like are you who's really an actor? A pure guy. I thought you were always a really pure comic. Yeah, I just wanted to do like, stand up. I never stand-up thought comedy. about anything Everybody, else. I say ninety percent of the people, maybe not ninety percent, but whatever the percent, oh, we're just in there because they they just it's like UCB. It's like oh, I got to be, I'll get there to be famous, and I'll just do this. I stand up, stand up. They I thought, do a show. I'll just come in and do the show. Yeah, they, they thought really stand up was the avenue to get famous. Correct. Like get just get six minutes, go to Montreal, yeah, yeah. somebody will discover you. And kind of Zach to this day, like he still does stand up. Rarely, Zach Galifianakis. We yeah, started yeah. with him. He was in the crew that came down to Boston with us and did these shows. But and he did it for a long time. I got to hand it to him. But he he was always weird, and the industry fell in love with him. And they and but he wasn't really. I don't think he ever loved doing stand up. He was looking to get yeah, out. Yeah, I think quick. he liked performing. I don't think he was. Like <laughs> I think a you're stand, right. I don't think he loves. But he liked. He loved performing. But he I, he was just very always with. I mean, he was very memorable. Everyone always knew who he was. He used to say, uh, "My, my brother." He used to go, "My brother's your favorite, your biggest fan." And I'm like, "That hell, that how does that?" <laughs> <laughs> but you got know. so much quick, good stuff that it was encouraging for you. I mean, you got a lot of quick shows. I mean, you you had been doing stand up just a few a couple of years yeah. before you got NBC and yep. some great shows. So it was yeah. pretty exciting. So that was good. I but, mean, Young Lenny was a genius, is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> and it's not, I'm not just saying that for the show. Well, like an idiot, I didn't listen. Like a lot of people wanted me to just go, come, we'll get you an agent and a manager. And they were ready to send me out and stuff. I'm like, I don't know anything about acting or auditioning. I've never been on yeah. stage before. And they were like, I want to learn about that. And like an idiot, I was like, I go to acting classes. I'm going to this class. I'm going to that class. I just want to learn about the... By the time I learned about it, they were like, we're on to somebody else. So 
That's been my career. Okay, we're on to segment two. Welcome, everybody, to Lenny and Neil. See, you met us. Before it was, it was 20 years amazing. later, <laughs> we're podcasting. Yeah. Oh, my God. It was so good. It was really fun to go down those roads. But this is fun, too. I think we're going to have all our friends be able to come in, people from the old days, and it'll be great. Yeah, I think this is it. I don't know what's what's next after a podcast. I don't know. But Death. there's something. Death is <laughs> there's something coming next after a podcast. <laughs> I wish that we could figure it out so we could just do it before. Well, that's exactly. That's what I'm what saying. Is what is the next one? Death? I don't know. I think, I think it's right. I think, you know, they have video podcasts and everything. People are like, why isn't this video? You know, like that's where it's going. And then it's going to just be like, you're, you know what it is? It's going to do the podcast in somebody's house. Somebody will hire you just to come to their house. There's something else. Just Maybe just don't call it a play. podcast, but call something else. But there's something else out there. If we could find it, this is our break. <sighs> Different planet podcast. <laughs> Interplanetary. It's going to be there. And it's just, it's not going to hit me till it's like, all right, 10 let's, years. let's, let's go, go to the second corner. Boom. I hear And this bell. whole thing, the, the four corner idea came, well, I know, I'll put the bell in. We'll get a bell. Yeah. The second cor- corner idea I had was this. We were talking one day about this guy. Let me start the clock with a guy named Tracy Letts. So the second corner is about this guy, Tracy Letts. Tracy yep. Letts is a writer, actor, I guess producer, probably director, genius, genius. And I put my hat on also to make the change to the next. Oh, that corner. was good. Nobody can see us. I know, but just I needed to tell him that there's there's physical. Phys- Neil has changed into a there's baseball hat. into a podcast. A lot of people just talk, but to me, it's the physical too. It's funny. People want the podcast to be videos now, but it, you know, video. I'm like, what? Isn't there an allure of just listening to it? That's for the DVD release. I see. Right now, I'm ta- talking to the guy traveling on the road. Yeah. In like, in he doesn't like, want to see what we look. He's like. got to go from Dallas to Houston. He's literally listened to everything, and he's boom. He's got. He'll try this. Man, if I have an audience from Dallas to Houston, <laughs> we're in good shape. It's a four and a half hour drive. <laughs> All right. So listen. So Tracy Letts. Okay. You I don't I, even know why you picked Tracy. Letts. I'll tell you when why. You, when you tell me Tracy Letts, I say pillows. You say Tracy Letts. I still. We're gonna get I mean, the of pillow. all the movie stars of all the people, yes. What the Tracy Letts? Okay, you and I were talking one I day. I know why. I have a theory. why. Here's where it started. I have a theory why, and I know I'm right. Why? No, you tell me first. Okay, well let me let me set it up for the okay. audience. All right, so I'm watching Jermaine Fowler is a comedian here in New York City okay yeah. and he's a, he's an okay comic he's up and coming if like anything the, related to the baseball player no Fowler Dexter Fowler no, no. <laughs> oh, you, I couldn't I was gonna say Reggie no. okay so right. <laughs> that's racist I think but I regular no, no, Luther Reggie. Fowler no Reggie it wasn't being racist it was Reggie Fowler <laughs> he's a guy Never he's mind. a guy yeah. he's working a kitchen somewhere that you know what is yeah, the matter with you high school friend yeah okay so um Jermaine Fowler, he gets a show on CBS called Superior Donuts, okay. and it's on now on CBS. Yeah. So I'm watching. Of course, I'm going to support oh, Jermaine. So I'm wrong because that's how you got. Jermaine this. is a cool dude. I like Jermaine. Funny guy. Funny guy. Very talented actor. I have to say that, even though I don't know him, but he's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> he's a great kid, right? Uh, I'm in perpetual brown nose mode. Nice genius. It's genius. Yeah. And also on that show is Maz Jobrani, who I know, like comedian. And then um, who else? We know a couple more people are on that show that I know. Um, how do we? Oh, David Koechner. I know Koechner. Okay. So um, I'm watching the show. I'll watch anything I know people who are on do. And I'm watching Spirit Donuts. And then it says, like, uh, based you on the play. You are in it, though. You're not no, watching. I was watching it. You're not running home to watch oh, it no, at, like, no, 9 no, o'clock. No. I'm working. I was doing, make sure you have old school tendencies there. I don't, yeah, I got to not do comedy because <laughs> Jermaine's got a show on CBS. 
So um, I miss that. I miss that. <laughs> so, right, running home. Yeah, if you yeah, don't get you home, to, by, it, there's something beautiful about having to run home, and that's your only chance to see the show. Yeah, you that was your, a big thing. You like, playing your life around. You missed television. that o- cold open on Cheers. Yeah, and it, you're like, oh, you're not seeing. You're it. not seeing it. You're not seeing yeah. it for like, and you just got to hear about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, the beginning was the best. Damn it! <laughs> you could because you could spend. A, anyways, anyway. So anyway, and I'm watching the show and it says. Based on a play, Superior Donuts by Tracy Letts. And I'm like, wait a second. Tracy Letts, that name's awful familiar. And then, yeah, I start researching this guy. Like, what else did this guy write? I know he wrote some. Turns out he wrote Killer Joe, which you and I went to about 15, 20 years ago. A lot of blood on stage. A lot of blood. And the opening scene is a naked woman. And there's nothing better than an off-off-Broadway play. Yeah, the girl from... uh, that girl, we know her. Don't know her name. <laughs> I'll tell. But yeah, it great was actress. Like, there was violence. Violent. I just remember, and great. it was a big southern story. Yeah, I'm getting my great play. Going. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, Neil's from go. South, so uh, there you go. That was a great play, right? If yeah. I remember, it was like one of the best plays we've ever seen for an off Broadway, off off. No, no it wasn't off off. Not sorry, off-Broadway. I, I, I meant off Broadway. There's nothing better than off Broadway plays. I that's all I wanted to do when I got to New York is watch off Broadway plays. And I thought it was the most exciting. Oliana, this. Yep. I mean, all uh, Neil Labute. Yeah, all these off Broadway. It was where the magic was happening. Neil Labute's the best. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, and, so we see this Tracy Letts. I realize it's the same guy. Yeah, it's the same guy. So and then. I start looking him up. He also wrote August Osage County, which is an amazing play. And the movie Southern. wasn't as good. Southern, amazing play. Didn't it wasn't as good in the movie as it is on Broadway yeah. or off Broadway. It made it to Broadway, August Osage County. And he won like it won Tony. No, these, it was like a massive win. No, yeah, tone. this is a big hit. He's a big star. He's so like wait, a, so I'm thinking this, this guy's not, a writer. Wait, this is not a hit. This is a massive like Tony. This is a, as big as you get. Okay. As big as you get, yeah. this guy's a great writer. And yeah. then I realize uh, we're watching Homeland one day, and I'm like, "Who's this guy? Who's always in this was white dude? He always plays an angry, yeah. like politician. He's always playing a dick. He played like the Southern angry. Yeah, yeah. always. And I'm yeah. like, I've seen this guy and everything. What's his name? Guess what his name is? Tracy Letts. So he's like this great actor. And then you and I are talking. We start following this guy, and he's married to Carrie Coon, who's now up for an Emmy, by the way, for two shows, Fargo. And leftovers, who I've seen and everything, I'm like, who's that girl? She's ma- he's married to her, and we we find out we're older than him. Like what? I know this guy's depressing. done everything. I'm like, what? It's what always is happening. It's all that well, to being older than someone. I mean, it's nothing worse than I feel like it, that happened to me in sports. Is where I'm watching a sports. I'm watching like a professional athlete. Yeah, and you're like 20 years old. And this it's guy. just what like I, I'm looking at him like we're the same age. In my head, we're the same age, but he's 20 years younger than me. So it's kind of depressing. Well, Tracy Letts for me is like I have two Tracy Letts story. Yep. For one, yep. is I think I know him too. Okay, how do you he's mean from you the know south? Okay. I, I, I go on this uh, massive one night Google search <laughs> for Tracy Letts. that I'm connected to this guy, <laughs> thinking he might be able to help my career in some way. Like, did we go to high school together? He's did you Oklahoma? No, and oh. then and then I'm like, did he go to did he go to Baylor? I really think I'm related to this guy. Not related, but right. I, I'm like some way I'm friend. I'm like that's my first. So I go on this massive trade. I'm like the Barrow Group. Did he take acting class? I I feel like still I know this guy. Like somewhere I've met him. I was in class with them. 
so to this day, I still don't even know if that's true. <laughs> you just made it up in your head. I might have done the scene with this guy in some class, but it's totally not true. But in my head, it starts becoming true because I start knowing. I wouldn't too. be surprised, but why wouldn't it? Because maybe he he's in acting classes in New York. Maybe I, he's, I really it's thought, twenty so years. That was my first real acknowledgement of Tracy Letts, and then Tracy Letts. He's I, I'm saying he's a genius and all that, but he falls into a category for me, which is important. Which is which is he is a guy that you hold up. And there's a lot of these. Every business has them that there's still a chance because Ooh. Tracy Letts. Why? I mean, <laughs> why is there still a chance? Because the no, guy's been a playwright for 20 years. in every career, you know, it's like when, you're, when your career's not going the way you want or whatever it is, whatever you want to say, it, there's always a guy out there. Someone always tells you a story like, hey, that guy was 61 when he started. <laughs> That's right. right. That's right. And it's like, what? He wrote a Broadway show when he's 61. There's always like, like in comedy, there's Rodney Dangerfield. He's right. the go-to guy. I hear his age all the time. So when comics don't have the career they want, they're always like, don't worry about it. Rodney Dangerfield started when he was 81. <laughs> they always say that. It's like, he's 72. No, he really, in truth is, he probably started much younger. Yeah. But they always like, and so Tracy Letts was that kind of guy. Like, he's 50, 40-something. He just wrote a Broadway show. He, now his acting career has taken off. So, well, so you, the, those are my two Tracy Letts stories. That's a good point. Like, you never know what's going to happen. That's for sure. Because, um, you know, Ben Bailey, he was a good comic. And then all of a sudden, he lands that cash cab yeah. show yes and he's he's got like six emmys so someone is <laughs> using cash cab. some young comic is using ben bailey as an example they're like don't yeah. quit man right ben bailey yep he got cash cab when he's like 28 well you don't know like do no. you know the girl who's in uh zach show um martha yeah yeah no like, there's always the stress she was like doing nothing she was doing open mics or whatever and but but zach thinks she's hilarious the deadpan and she goes up and you know, hi everybody. No, that's a, it's an American thing though. Boom. It's every Career. every business though has these people. Every business has this in the United States has this. Not just comedy and acting. I mean, it's more it's it's more harsh and hollow. I was talking to two young people yesterday. Yeah, and I I just smarted off to him as a joke. Yeah. And they're both 19. Put that candy down, little girl. <laughs> no, they're no, 19 just, years old. Yeah. These, kid, these, okay. these comics are 19. They're two com- wannabe comics. They're yep. 19 years old. And I was just joking. I'm like, man, you better hurry because you're getting old. <laughs> and they both knew it. They're like, I know, but uh, what's his name made it when he was 20? So in their head, they're 19. It's already in their head that they've waited too long, that they should have been, <laughs> that they should have been in Hollywood. And I'm like, oh, my God. Because when I started, when I went to L.A. when I was younger, I remember being on being taken out of class at 24, 25. And I remember literally going, it's just too late. Really? It's Why? Just, Everybody was that young in yeah, class? Yeah, no, it's never there. If you're a kid actor, if you're Dakota Fanning yeah. at like 11 years old, she's probably thinking, oh, shit. <laughs> you know what? I just waited too long. Because there's like, my little sister's five and she already has 18 credits. Oh my God. But that's what he, that's what he represents. But there is, it's, it's in every business. I hear it all the time in every business. Oh man. And then they always have this great story about a comic or a, a writer or whatever. Right? What's that quote? The youth is wasted on the young. You know what I mean? Like youth is wasted on the young. Because but they don't, they don't know any in, better. But they don't have this in, in Paris. In France, they don't have this. It's, it's not, it's only an American invention that you've, that youth, that you 
you're too you're you it's it can't happen for you it's too late you can't do it it's too late you it's quit quit where in france they're just like whatever I'm, who cares i'm middle yeah. management and very happy and well it's, and i got two months off and it's just an american invention the, that you've screwed it all up they don't analyze their own data you know like john stewart and all those guys they would give him their show back and you know john all these guys are in their 40s and 50s colbert's in his you know they're yeah, 40 the plus whole, it's balance a, 40 plus you know Awful. That's who's making the money for the people. I know, but it's everywhere. It affects everybody, and, and I'm the worst at. It. I always feel this way. You know, sometimes you, I can't even leave my. I don't want to leave my house because it's yeah, just. You can't do it's that. just too late. Well, thanks for doing this, Neil. It's <laughs> such an advanced age. I'm glad you could bring I'm, your walker. I'm still down in here. my bed. I just have a microphone in my bed. <laughs> I don't know. We do it from your bed. I guess I'll try it. Give me my pudding. I, yeah, I looked at Tracy. I was like, Tracy, let's. I still got a chance. Tracy, let. I mean, very impressive. Let's put it that way. Yeah, but now he's acting. He's got the. He's Everything. got the. Homeland. Yeah. He was in Homeland. This right. is the career that you you have. You're an actor, a comic, a writer. You're filmmaking. You just do what you're, you're directing. And I bet you, if you ask him, he's just like, I'm being creative. Yeah. That's it. But he's yeah. got the Southern thing. You're right. I he's like from that. Tulsa. Let me. Uh, August Ed Sage Counter, Killer Joe, Bug. Remember the remember that movie, Bug? I don't. I I don't remember Bug, but I know that he did um, Bug. I liked him on Homeland. I thought he's a really good actor. Uh, Elvis and Nixon, he was in that. Indignation, Wiener Dog, The Big Short. He shows up in everything. Homeland. Yeah, Big Short, he was good. Uh, Cop Show. Cop Show? I hope that's not... Is that Colin Quinn? I don't even know. Prison Break, he was in that. Strong Medicine, The District, Profiler. I mean, Judging Amy. This guy's got Drew Carey Show, he was in an episode of. This is all I know also about Tracy. No Seinfeld. One, no podcast guy. has spent time on Tracy no, Letts. No, nobody. And it's an original piece that we're doing right now that's on right. Tracy this, That's why I want to do it. It's such an original, yeah. crazy I piece. I can play his voice if you want to ask me questions. <laughs> I, I'll be as Tracy How was Letts. it like growing up in Tulsa, Oklahoma? Well, if you watch the play I wrote, it's a lot like that. That that was my aunt. My aunt was on drugs, and we it was hot. Mm. And that's the play. Oh, it's Osage County. That's the play we wrote. It was about my my family. Very good. I'm impressed. I thought that was decent. Tracy Letts. That's pretty good. And, and his wife is amazing as well. Carrie Ooh. Carrie Coon. Did you watch Leftovers? You didn't watch Leftovers. Oh, I, I tried. I did try to watch that. It was creepy, but the last season it turned out good, and it won, got no Emmy. Well, it's on my Critics list of it. shows to watch, but it's so my list is so deep of shows I got to binge watch now that I'm almost <laughs> in a in a in a state of I'm almost frozen that I can't watch any show because I still got to catch up on the the, the news ones. and the sports, and so I can't commit to any show. So I'm like. In the last six months, I can't. I haven't been watched anything because I'm I'm literally frozen. It's too much. Well, let's put it this way: the next thing that Tracy Letts comes out with, is there anybody else like Tracy Tracy Letts that you know, like these hidden gems, as we like to call them? I mean, yeah, not I that mean, that's hidden no, anymore. there's a lot of Tracy Letts out there that has these amazing careers, but someone like him that wrote a massive Broadway hit, and then I don't, I don't well, know. Well, Neil Labute is kind of that guy, but he doesn't act. Yeah, you know, Neil nobody. Labute, no. He's not a household name, but he was good for what was the what's that movie that. No, you usually know, with, they with the deaf girl and the um, oh yeah I don't the, know that I first one I don't know a name I in have the to company Google of everything. men in the company of men in the company of men was remember that, that? Was his first oh, yeah, yeah, that, was, oh, that was his first like you've never seen that movie go see in the company those of were men. see those were that's what I'm talking about that's like an off Broadway show and also we'd go see these small movies I don't I don't see that anymore where you're going to these small. It's kind of the independent movies were taking off. I'm glorifying the past too much, but at the same time, no, you're that's, right. That's, was... that's just what I do. <laughs> Neil loves the past. That's right. He's still living it with his high school girlfriend. <laughs> in his head. 
let me when you had hair up. and hold you, on, I still have hair. No one, one knows guys that I don't have hair. Peaked, oh yeah, okay. You're full head of you're that afro that you got right there. I'm thinking about going with a hair piece pretty soon, but I haven't. Anyway, decided. big fans of Tracy Letts. Yeah. I, the, most people you ask if there's anybody like him. I don't know if there's anybody like him, but most people do the opposite. Most people, most people act and then they come back and write and, write. and direct and yeah, all that. You stuff. did it the other way. Yeah, yeah. Can I tell you the, the so superior donuts? I'm looking at like Jermaine's posting pictures and I noticed that. They ha- Carrie Coon is on set, or she's maybe she, like Twitter follows. She posts a picture of her on set of Superior Donuts just to check it out. I guess he was there that day, yeah. so I text Jermaine. I'm like, "Oh my God, Carrie Coon and Tracy Letts were on set. Like that's that's awesome." And he goes, "Who are they?" I'm like, "That's the guy who wrote your show." <laughs> I mean, that's the guy who's the play is. Based, I'm sure it's a race relations play, but I'm that's the guy who. Wait, who said wrote, this? Jim, the star of the show. Oh my god, so yeah. impressive! Kill me, like maybe the star joking. of the maybe show. Maybe he was joking. You know that white dude in the corner, probably just sitting there. That they, you've taken his serious that play and turned it to real. a donut store. Maybe he was joking. Let's just say he was no, joking. He wasn't joking for the sake of his. Here's my last one: was Neil's heist aspirations? Oh yeah. So. Let me set this up for the audience, and let me start the clock. So, you are convinced. Neil is sort of a conspiracy theorist as well, but you're becoming one. I'm not a conspiracy. You're theorist. coming. You're coming around. I'm not. This Trump thing. You've made progress. I, you should be proud of yourself. I don't think it's conspiracy. It's going to turn out to be dead true. That but they, you've made strides. I right. never thought you'd be where you are. Well, because I'm informed. I've created my informed opinion that there's some leak the chinks in I'm the wrong. Lenny Marcus armor. Right, I never thought I'd see him. Can we get back to you okay. and your Neil Heist aspiration? So you're in France, you're in Italy. I think it was France that really cracked you with this. So you went in you guys bought your forty dollar ticket there, went into a museum, okay, and <laughs> you start looking at the walls and I guess the art wasn't good enough for you and you decided, Man, this painting is pretty close to the door. It was I in, think I can no, steal it. That was wait. You gotta go back. You really think here? The point is, and I'll let you set the whole. I'll stop talking. But no, no. you need to. You think that there is a way for Neil Potter to steal <laughs> a painting off a wall in a big time museum no, and get away like, with the heist? That go. makes me sound like a. Wait. You are crazy. Whatever you, you're about to say makes me crazy. sound like a criminal. No, that's not the case. The, the criminal. First, the first part not. is wait. I don't, I'm, I'm raised a certain way. My parents are like from Big Stone Gap, Virginia, and I've been in denial about like not white trash, but poor upbringing, whatever it is, whatever mm-hmm. it is. My parents are amazing. And, and somehow I got in my head that, yeah, my life would be happier if I woke up every morning and there was the <laughs> sunflower Van Gogh on my wall. <laughs> I would be like, that is, there's no, I mean, <laughs> how bad can your life be if you're drinking a coffee every morning and you're looking at, you got, why would that change? Now you got, you could be a print. It could be a print. No, it's an original Van, Van Gogh. Gogh. That's what you want to that, know. And when I t- have art all over the walls and I see it every day and it no, does make me happy. It does, but not, not a Van Gogh. Now that would not right. just make you happy, but it give you, it's just, there's so much around that. So yeah, I was in London. Yeah. And I thought to myself, somehow this fantasy has gotten to my head where I'm going to steal a piece of art. Mm-hmm. And I, it was, I, was, I was in London at the National Museum right there on Trafalgar Square, mm-hmm. or however you say that. And yeah, I was <laughs> shocked how close it was to the door. And so then one of my theories was I'll just take it, get out the front door, because I think you could. 
I think I could take it off the wall, get out the front door, and I fire off a couple shots. Everyone scatters. <laughs> Boom, I'm gone. Then what? Then I don't How do you know. get it back to your no. apartment in New York? I just sit. The, the problem is I don't have any plan after that. But at worst, I'm looking at a Van Gogh in my in my apartment. You're not looking yeah. at an apartment. We've talked about this. You can't get it back here, so it's not in your apartment. You, no, which, you, you're okay. looking at it in a jail cell on your Point on a taken. Picture. I don't want to go jail, but then I got a new. Then all of a sudden I realized it. And I'm not going to lie to you. When I thought this, and it happens every once in a while for me where I really think something, it would, maybe it's a thought, an idea about something, that I really think, I'm a, I, really think I got it. Okay. I'm at the Met. <laughs> And this, I mean, this is like, I'm not calling myself a genius, but this was one of those moments. And now no one else agrees with me. Nobody else Nobody agrees. Nobody agrees. Nobody. That, okay. Nobody. You tell me and the, the people around the, okay. I'm at the Met. Mm-hmm. You, there's a rooftop garden. Yeah. Next to the rooftop garden is the beautiful paintings, Van Gogh. I think it's a Pollock, a Van Gogh, mm-hmm. a Monet, mm-hmm. all the, the, all the heavies. Mm-hmm. The heavies. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm going to take off, grab it off the wall, run up the stairs. Yep. Boom. A drone comes flying by. <laughs> Whoop. Hook it on the drone. Drone right to a boat, boat in the Hudson. Boom. Drop it. Boat out into the water. I haven't thought past that part. Okay. However, the bo- you're out in, what do you call that? Where you the get, sea. You, you know, you move out a certain amount and you're like international waters. Okay. Now that when I thought of the drone, because I was like, "Oh, I never thought a drone can." Okay. At some point, you go, "That's pretty genius." No, not in may, the least. maybe that's in a movie. Uh, maybe all, at least it's in a screenplay. That's a great thing in a screenplay. First of all, you are you now cheat, on the roof. You take. You try to cut that down. Let me. Okay. Let me. Let me start with phase one. Okay. okay? Just getting out of the the. You're gonna run with this thing. The alarms are gonna go off. There's cameras on you everywhere. You'll get up to the roof. Even, let me just say, you'll get up to, even if for some reason a drone could house this picture. And you're we'll get to that in a second. You're Hold operating on. the drone from the Great Lawn. Fine. Even okay. if I'm an accomplice to this retardedness. Okay. All right. The picture takes off in the drone. You're stuck on the roof. No. How are you getting off the roof? I just showed you. How? I'm a guy, the guy that took the painting is a guy with a hat. You take off the hat. Boom. Now it's a bald guy. <laughs> Yeah, a and I probably have a coat. You're gonna disguise your way out of the stairs. Says something. There's gonna it. be people running all over the place. Hey, that guy over there, I think just walked off with the paint. You're telling me there's no security looking at this on a mat? Like there's probably a whole security system downstairs. But everybody's. At wa- I'm walking out with nothing. I'm just a guy walking out of the museum. No, no, no. they saw you with take the painting and walk up. They saw a guy with a hat. Okay, and a weird coat. Okay, that's one. So you're gonna be in prison now. Up to me. I have the painting and a drone. You got it. I don't even know if they make drones with hooks that can carry a giant Monet or whatever this is or Van Gogh, whatever it was. Yeah, they do. The guys, they're escaping okay. from prison now. Now, I have to be amazing. I'm doing it from the Great Lawn with this control thing. Yeah. So nobody in the city is going to notice this UFO holding a giant painting flying across Manhattan toward the, <laughs> to the, the river. To the Hudson River. It's the like Hudson. three minutes. Three minutes. Okay, to so. To the barge on the Hudson River. People, nobody's going to try and knock it out of the air or just like, hey, nobody's going to call a cop. No, but go, that's a it's great. It's on its way west. This is going to be a short film, and that's a great twist to the short film. Is that I'm going to do this, and you're going to take your drone and knock my drone and steal. Oh, that's a great twist. Yeah, okay. I like that. I didn't think so of that. And the drone, like my friend, totally screws me around because he knows I'm going to do that. So and now we've taken our money and hired what a speedboat or a barge. So I now we like have a, a third person. Because I'm in. The, so Bethel is involved in this because I'm now on the Great Lawn. 
trapped. You're, you're, you're on the roof, probably getting raped. No, <laughs> or no, sodomized going, by the police. I, no, no, I'm and, not. Uh, yeah, and I'm out. I'm out on the street. You're not on the street. What's the movie with uh, Pierce Brosnan? Yeah, 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 yeah. He got out. He got out because there were 30 other guys dressed exactly with bowler as cats. Yeah, yeah, but I can't use that many people because okay. so you're, right. you're making it. Up I'm this going movie. from guy with a hat to bald guy. Well, Gina kind of looks like Renee Russo. Maybe she can help. You yeah. Oh, okay. wow. That's Let's a good call. That's so, a good call. Okay, fine. Then now this painting is like on a barge with Bethel driving a speedboat. But which wait, so you I believe guess. it could get there? No. So you're starting to believe. No, you I just said it's on the barge. I'm just saying, strike one, strike two, I'm dead. I'm, I'm in custody. I'm telling you. They'll be like, who's driving this thing? Maybe I could get away because like, I'm just, I just got the controls. They'll yeah, never you're, find you're me. You're just going to drop the controls or something. Yeah, the trash I mean, can. if I can somehow navigate this from the middle of Central Park to, what do I have? Like a monitor on the thing and I'm just driving it across. Like a like blindly <laughs> dropped, landed perfectly on a bar. The moon landing was a safer landing than that thing. The guy landed his plane on the Hudson just in the movie. He's I just in saw. the plane driving it. Was we can usually take yeah, a Van Gogh and Sully land it on a, a heist. Okay, I'm so, telling you, you can do it. So dumb. Have you then, seen drone racing on ESPN? No, it's, and then it's on ESPN. Well, are they carrying stuff in the drone? No, they're literally doing drone racing. But on are ESPN. they carrying the stuff with the drone? There's nothing because they're going to drop. There's no painting drone racing. Okay, so then <laughs> that actually is a better show. Painting drone race. So I, I drop the thing in the in the boat. Now boat. Bethel takes off to international waters. Right, and now and now you're home free. Just just staying on the outside of this imaginary international waters line, and you don't think they'll still arrest her and and confiscate um, a I Van Gogh? Well, maybe we just take the drone, fly right to our apartment on the roof of our apartment, and then run down, and put it on your wall. Is this just all? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Maybe you're controlling it from the roof of your apartment off Central Park, right? And then you're this off and ridiculous. running. I think it's got a chance. And I, then, wait. I think so Bethel has it. Let's go back. Bethel has it in international waters, and somehow she can navigate a boat. Bethel has no sea yeah, training. Yeah, yeah. But somehow she's going to get to a safe haven in a boat. Big enough, We have to have a big boat because it's gonna. once you get out of the Hudson, you're in the sea. You're in the ocean. You're Correct. in the Atlantic Ocean. I agree with this. So this Bethel's going to have to navigate flawed. the Atlantic Ocean. Or well, not if you're on safe. like a heavy crew, a heavy freight thing and you're just... You're, heavy fr- okay, so now we're involving what? The the guy from the blacklist? Well, let's we got to get a freighter? Well, it could be like a freight time. Whatever the case is, you get out there and then you get to international... Or maybe you just get it to the Hudson, get on a... Then take a jet ski back. I don't know. You just... I wish the audience could see my face. Constantly... Maybe. I haven't thought it out past the ocean part. Because it's but, stupid. No, but you got to admit it's a good plan. Nope, no, I, no. I'm, I'm so confident. I, I'm so confident that yeah. someone's going to do this. Right. That the Met, when they hear this, will probably prepare. Okay, we got to make sure because this is a good plan. No. I think it makes a great short film, too, or a great film. That's why they put it close to the wall. I think they want idiots like you to give it a shot. Now, I didn't know when I saw the, the film recently with uh, Pierce Bros. I'll look it up. Wait, I didn't know that they, they to be honest with you, I didn't know they had all those alarms. I was just thinking, it, I just looked there, you're just going to take it off the wall and then... No, that's... What? I, I, in the Pierce Brown, the, yeah. the doors closed, the the thing covers yeah, everything up all. Covered, right. I, it doesn't look that high security to me at the Met, <laughs> the Guggenheim, all these places because it's no one's stolen. I mean, I don't know. I think stealing art yeah. is just something that uh, it's just it's just something that I know for some reason. Maybe in my past I was like an art thief or something mm. in my past life. Mm. I'm telling you, the drone stuff's pretty good. How are we all going to get away? You're not getting away. I'm not getting away. The, the, we can't get this thing away. It. How uh, you wouldn't? What if? I don't you, know how we get out. 
Well, you have on your wall. What paintings do you have on your wall? Peter Max. Peter Max. Yeah. And you have a, you have a bunch of them. Well, it's not a bunch of Peter Maxes, but they're not that expensive. And you're you bought that on a cruise. Thomas Crown Affair. You bought that on a cruise. I bought it on a cruise. Yeah. Yeah. I know you, a guy. But I was on the cruise with you when you buy your first piece of art. Yeah, but that wasn't that. It was like that's like a. You're the only friend I know that's like an art connoisseur, kind of. I'm not a connoisseur at all, but I like what but I But why'd like. you buy this Gina piece Gina hates of, these paintings, wh- by the way. Why? <laughs> <laughs> totally different taste. Why'd you buy your first piece of art? It, to fill the wall. Because I've always wanted to go down and to the, the Washington Square. What do you have on your walls? It's, I don't have anything. I want to go down to Washington Square Park and buy a painting, and that guy's going to be the next Warhol, the next thing. You don't have that. That's what you're going for, right? You no, were, you were my I'm not idol. Buy a when you were, I've never heard of first of all anyone buying art on a cruise. cruise. However, you're part what is he doing and part hero because you're like I didn't even know you had this in you and you had the money and you're like an art like collector. No, I'm not. We're a, like a bunch of struggling guys and you're an art. You're collecting art. I'm not collecting art. It's a good investment. I wanted something for the wall to fill that wall when I moved into the apartment. But you're my friend that collects art. That's a big deal for me. Well, I have, have a friend that collects. I art. I haven't done anything in a long time. The, the the one I really wanted, the only one I wanted was the Hirschfeld. And how do you know I haven't stolen your piece of art and just replaced it with a different piece of art? Because you'd have to get somebody to replace it with like with the Hirschfeld. Is exactly. the Hirschfeld worth more than the? Peter Max? No comment. Whoa, really? <laughs> it's not. No, it's is not. it? No, it's a lithograph. Wait, but you so you bought this piece of art to make money or just because you just enjoy the the Hirschfeld? I love it. The other one was to fill the wall and to make money. No, at no point are you buying this to to make money. I mean, if somebody offered me something for that painting, I would try and make some money. Sure, but there's no market. I don't know the market for a Peter Max. I don't even know. Well, you're as close to an art collector friend as I have, so yeah. In I, that sense, you're but still, I don't know I still, you're still an idol to me. I don't know anything about art. That you have a Peter Mag, and I, you're not going to go down and buy more art or find more art to buy. There's no wall space. Look, look around. Well, There's who cares no about wall space. Just buying art. <clears throat> How many museums did you go in Italy? None. You didn't go to one museum in Italy. We were in the Amalfi Coast. It's yeah, not so the museum not place. There's not that many museums. No, this there. is the the Amalfi Coast is the Hamptons of Italy. That's true. But when you go to when you go to Paris or London, do you go to museums and take in the art? Like we talked about the Roman I went walls to the, and all that stuff. What's the one in Paris? What's the uh, the, the Louvre. Louvre? Yeah, I went to. And the, you saw the Mona, Mona Lisa? Yeah. And you took it in. Uh, very small. And you just were you? It's just, way smaller than I thought. Like, That's does it. that impact you? Like, are you mesmerized? Or are you like whatever the Mona Lisa? Yeah, I was not mesmerized. I mean, it was. I was mesmerized by the fact that it was tiny. But I know this, and I know this well. You're not stealing that painting. That painting would be hard <laughs> to steal. That painting is behind like. Well, do gla- you like the like Da Vinci Code? Do you of- like the Da Vinci Code with all that stuff? No. Where they're all stealing art and nah. they're taking art. And I mean, the they did. Are, all the hints are in the art. You know how much art there's out there that was stolen in World War Two? And yeah, you know, every crazy. bit of art. It feels like they're all stealing it, and you yeah. know those guys got caught with it. There was a car. movie with Helen Mirren. She wanted their art back. She wanted this painting back, and like uh, like some woman. Yeah, yeah. I just Remember watched that. that. What was that? The, Golden the gold. Something. Yeah, that was good. Woman in gold. Woman in gold. Great movie. But it's a great way to tell a story. That yeah, because I love the way they backtrack and tell the story yeah. about. Yeah, but. All I know is this, no matter what happens, it's very hard to steal. The Mona Lisa? Anything from any museum. They got I'll eyes up, all over the place. I'm going to come up with a plan to steal the Mona Lisa. But that is gonna, that's going to be more high tech. A drone's not going to work. 
The only You're thing, not stealing the Mona Lisa. <laughs> no, it's it's not. It, it is. I have a great picture of that. The, my favorite part of seeing the Mona Lisa was not the picture itself, but the people watching. I don't the even. Mona Lisa. I'm going to make you a bet. When if we ever go to a museum in Europe, yeah. not only will you not steal the Mona Lisa, but I bet you couldn't steal M and M's from the gift shop without getting away with it. No, I get caught. Yep. I never said I wouldn't get caught if I really. I don't steal anything. I've never well, stolen hey, anything in my life. I just yeah. if I'm going to go for it, I'm going to go for a high end a priceless piece of art I'm gonna go for a Van Gogh because okay. he's my favorite painter well if you're gonna go to prison I'm never gonna own a Van Gogh yeah. it's just that simple I'll it's tell you never what. gonna happen and you would get famous because people would be like who remember that dipshit who tried to steal <laughs> <laughs> is my life is my life better with a Van Gogh in my one bedroom apartment it, it, is it no you don't think so no isn't I'm a giggling like <laughs> that's my that's a real like, Van Gogh. No, no matter, Nobody would believe you anyway. Well, that's no, a real Van Gogh. Yeah, but uh, I'll know. Really? No matter how much I get shit on in my life, no matter how how bad it goes, I'll just be like, mm, this apartment has roaches, Gogh. but also a Van Gogh. Yeah, but they could be like, yeah, we have bed bugs and a Van, Van Gogh. Gogh. Nice. I mean, where where do you get that? All right, never. All right, well, that was it's a good shot. We'll bring this back up again because I know everybody loves hearing you tell these stories. I like really that. think that people will look at the the drone thing and say that I'm not a genius, but I have something going on there. <laughs> we'll find out right. on other episodes of Neil Steele's shit for 15, 15 minutes. That's right. right. Okay, Italy. Oh, here we go. You went to Italy. I just got back from Italy. The guy that hates anywhere hate actually anywhere. likes Italy. I liked Italy. Yeah. On a one to ten scale, of one to ten. Well, it's in the upper half. That's for sure. It's probably like an eight. And this is the best place you've ever been outside no, the United no, no. States. Oh, outside of the United States? Ooh, that's a tough one. Let me think. I liked England. I mean, England. I mean, London? Sp- speak English. That helps. No, but... Uh, There's a lot of factors to get the 10. You didn't like Paris. Uh, Paris was okay. Okay, so this is... Uh, Italy to you is, is amazing. Well, I had such and a great experience. it's a honeymoon. Experience. No, no, no. This wasn't a honeymoon. Well, it felt like a honeymoon. It was a belated a honeymoon. Hu- it wasn't a belated honeymoon. We went on a honeymoon You went to Hawaii, Hawaii but that was like hard work. That wasn't. <laughs> no, we, Lenny we went, went for the over top workout cross no, training. I didn't do this. Your, my wife, your honeymoon was more like CrossFit training. Yeah, we found out that my wife loves like adventure. So instead of I thought honeymoon was you you get married and you go lay by a pool somewhere in an that exotic was, location. No, it was lay by the pool while you're doing like sit ups and no that and I wasn't doing I wasn't and, uh, working out power lifts. No, one day we went and rode rode to Hawaii. One day boxes. It's not about Hawaii. We we went around. We could do Hawaii another day because you like Hawaii too. So, but this was Italy and this was also it's also adventure. I went there for wait a back week to your honeymoon. Business. But your honeymoon was just a workout. It wasn't a workout. We just did something every day. We did an activity every day. Like we did yeah, snorkeling do, one day. We did yeah, hiking a, up a mountain one day. Yeah, these are workout type things. I guess. I mean, we just, we sightseed one day. And there we, was no sightseeing. There was no there downtime. Was work there was no downtime. There was working. It wasn't working. There Stop was, saying that. Was there a day that I you loved it. sweat I a lot and worried about getting a lot of steps? No. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you worry that you're going to get a, be a fat blob, and we ate wherever we went. It's funny, wherever we go, we eat, but we walk so much. Anyway, Italy. We were in And this Southern is not, Italy. just so you know, the, the, just so the audience knows, this is, these, these are not like, Gina's in great shape, but this yeah. is, you're not like a CrossFit uh, training guy. This was, a, this was a honeymoon that was, I've never heard a honeymoon ever like this before in my life. What, uh, you your, mean, your honeymoon. Oh, uh, Hawaii? It was literally, I would make a, you know how people go, 
out and do Tough Mudders and, <laughs> and you make this, <laughs> like this is what I would give them. Like, yeah. this would be like a workout, a one week. If you can do this, you can accomplish anything. No. This is Anthony Robbins running over hot coals. This is that kind no, of hunger. It was not. It, one day was like. It totally a, was. A helicopter ride. That's not Anthony Robbins. One yeah. day was like, you know, snorkeling. Climbing a volcano, snorkeling through the woods, climbing up and down, which, which <laughs> leads you to Positano, which is why I didn't think, I thought you'd love it. All right. Well, Positano, well, she loved it. Yeah. I mean, we get to, we went to the Amalfi Coast for six days. I had yeah. been there on business. And you swam in the Mediterranean, which is always a, a dream of mine. Well, here's the swim that. in the Mediterranean is great. I've done that in Israel as well. But swim in the Mediterranean, it's rocks. You know what I mean? It's it's not like the beaches here. Not, apparently, Greece has better beaches. But the beaches in Amalfi, we went to the Amalfi Coast. Yeah. Let's make that clear. And the beaches in, say, uh, Positano, where we were for three days, was... They're rocks. It's like standing on tennis ball size rocks on your way to the beach, which are hot, hot rocks. That so the hurt. beach is hot rocks. Yeah. And then the water is hot rocks. I mean, it's, but, it, and the water's cool. So just to get from here to here is an accomplishment. 10 feet. You burn your feet. Like you got to walk fast. You got to walk fast. And then you're into the water. It's great. Yeah. And people leave their flip flop like almost touching the water because when you second, you have to get right to the flip-flops. And this is in Positano or Capri? Positano. Okay. So Positano, it's beautiful. Positano is beautiful for everybody. And you have but speed, you're going to walk. You have your Speedo on. on of the, course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course okay. I have my Speedo You're on. totally Italian. Oh my God, so Italian. And you got your little belly hanging I'm already, ha- I'm in belly and I got hair. <laughs> hairy. It's great. No, we, we walk up the, it's a, the city, everything is built on a hill. The yeah. Amalfi Coast is built on these mountainous hills. So they've had to build, you're, you have to walk basically from the beach all the way up the mountain so it's thousands of steps or you can walk along the road and wind up the road which takes you but the actual feeling the actual it's beautiful you're standing in a good, painting the actual feeling is, is, is it's amazing all these places you feel are good about yourself you're having a great time like you wake yeah, we're up we're on and vacation you wake up in the morning and it's crisp and you're loving your life it i claim you're so happy in the morning <laughs> and you kiss gina and like okay how does that morning start in italy the morning starts. There's uh, usually a rooster. How do you wake right up? To there's the no door. alarm clocks. No, there's an alarm clock because we had stuff to do. Of course. No, you're on vacation. You set your phone alarm clock. Uh, well, we set it to the maximum time. Do you so have like, a day where you don't set your alarm clock? Are you yeah. in panic mode? Like I got to see this place. I am not in panic mode. Jesus I am. Let's do. I would sit in a hotel and just look out the window at the most okay. beautiful, picturesque landscape. And how many days did you do that? Zero. <laughs> zero. I did it for zero days. We had, seriously, first day we get there, and you would, she's like loopy from getting you, off the plane. Wait, are you getting up early to get the free breakfast? No, but you know what? Oh, I would yeah, be at the are. maximum of the edge. I do that. I let's have to say, get up early to get the free breakfast. Let's say the breakfast goes to 9.30. Yeah. I'll be down there at 9.25. You but know what I mean? But you will get, you won't miss a free breakfast. We did miss a free breakfast because we had to leave so early to go to these excursions. Oh, God. Like, we went to Capri one day. They picked us up in the lobby at, like, 8 o'clock in the morning. you should do, like, couple workouts. Like, Hawaii, Positano. She, her theory is... My favorite part of this whole story, how many steps is it in Positano to get to the beach? so many steps. We were on, like, I would call it level three. So, imagine a a winding (laughs) mountain going up the mountain. Everything goes up the mountain. So, but you could go take a direct... But how does someone there. old get has to be How do you uh, someone? They, there's not. That's the amazing part of the whole thing. What you just said, because in, no matter where I was, 
there are old people in these towns that live in these little, and they walk up the thing, and that's their day. They walk to get the groceries, and they walk all the way back. Golf cart or something that takes you back up? No, but I mean, there are people who are getting cars to go up. That you know, they had. Yeah, that's what I thought you do. I thought you get a car back up. But when you're down at the beach, all you're thinking about is how do I get back up to my hotel? That's all I thought about. (laughs) And I'm like, there is no way. And we walked down the stairs, the first one, and we walked all the way down these stairs. I'm like, Gina, there's there's no way. All these older people are on this beach. Uh, they're how walking many steps up the are we stair. talking like? Thousands of stairs. Oh, I claimed I was trying to figure out like how many <laughs> stories up I am. I, I live on the eighth floor, okay, oh my of God. my apartment. This had to be to get to our hotel. I'm telling you, it was like the 15th floor. So imagine walking up 15 flights of stairs. At least, it at just least. hangs over you the whole day. Well, I mean, you, we ended up following, finding the way to go up the ramp of the mountain because that's how the cars wind up, wind oh, down. Oh, so you'd so avoid, so you the would steps. So avoid the steps. So you'd figure a out. A ramp we, could be sometimes worse than steps. Sometimes, but that oh was the God. whole time. So I was eating, you could eat whatever you want in Positano because you're going to burn it off. And yeah. like just walking to the restaurant, <laughs> so we. No, I I've been to Italy like three times. You've though. been to Positano. I've been I've been to Positano. Went to we went. Wait, where did you? Did, we, we so you walked a, up the mountain. No, we got a villa in Massa Labrense, and it's just my Italy story saying. is just absolutely bananas. Okay. I mean, oh I went, well, you took a, you, yeah. I went with talk the about family. a stupid vacation. I went with a family trip. You, you and then, literally went with people who cannot walk. I did. I was like a scout. I had to scout things out. Yeah, so yeah I'd they spend s- most of my day. I'd, I'd have to wake up at like eight a.m. two hours early to try to scout a path to get two handicapped people to locations. But the one lady I went. This shows the one lady I didn't even know. It's just friends of friends of Bethel's parents friends and so we couldn't afford the villa so we got more people so we got this amazing villa but this is how crazy this one lady was bless her heart I'm sure she's a nice person she uh, at the at the this just shows I've never heard anything crazier than this in my life mm-hmm. at the airport when we're leaving first of all we almost missed the plane they're all sitting there like bozos they can't hear it and I'm the only one I feel like that travel a lot not bragging or anything but I grew up wherever and I'm like you guys the plane is boarding and, and they're sitting <laughs> And they're like, what? And I'm like, the plane is boarding. And but to get this group of five people somewhere it takes thirty. But anyway, she goes to me at the airport. She goes, Can you go get me? I was like, Do you guys want anything? I'm gonna go run get some food for the long trip to Italy and blah blah blah. She goes, yeah. She goes, No, she goes, Can you get me cotton candy? Cotton candy. Cotton freaking candy. <laughs> I can't make this up. <laughs> Has anybody asked? She goes, I look at Bethel, I'm like, did she just ask me, did this lady ask me at the airport to go get someone cotton candy? And I just walked, I didn't, oh, I was a local I'm circus. So, I'm so nice, I go, yo, yeah, I'll try to find that. That's what I think I said. Because I'm so, <laughs> cotton, who asked? She goes, cotton <laughs> I, I, she's serious too. Boop, boop, this is the kind of person that I have to go. Oh my god! My fa- I have so many favorite stories from our Italy all right, trip. So, well, what do you like my, about Italy? I love. I first of all, I love traveling. To me, all I do is sit on TripAdvisor all day long and like Google. But you go places too. You don't just sit at the hotel. No, I'm all into. I'm very. I have my biggest problem when I travel is I'm very. I'm like you. I wanna. I wanna sit around and do nothing, but I can't. I'm so. I'm hyper focused. I'm like constantly doing stuff. Like when we we got the stupid museum pass in Paris. Yeah. I mean, but then then the cheapness comes in. So now I gotta really take it. I gotta show them. If I buy a forty dollar Paris museum pass, 
I got to get over forty dollars. So my whole stock. day, yeah, I'm I'm the only one. By the end of the oh, day, you're Beth, there for like eight hours. No, I'm going to. We went. Me and Bethel literally were jogging to the last museum before it closed to, to get the most out of it, to get the to see help. the Monet, the Monet. <laughs> I'm like Bethel. We got to get. The, we literally we're at the Orsay. I remember we had to go across the river <laughs> and we're sprinting to get to the hotel to get the most out of this museum. Pass. Right, and that's the kind. So so I'm not the but the back that's to the insane. Italy, back yeah, to the Italy. Italy trip. I'm with these, I have a great, uh, it turns out by being with all the crazy people, I have the greatest trip ever in a sense that I have so many great stories. But one of my favorite stories was, and I don't even know if you were, you know, I'm, I'm, with, an, I'm with a bunch of older people and she's super nice and, and she's not with us anymore, however you want to say that. But she's a different person, not cotton candy. No, this is a cotton candy oh, person. Okay. And we're literally trying to get to the train in Naples. We're trying to catch a train from Rome to Naples. Okay. And, and it's a train, like you said, it's yeah. leaving. Yep. And, and this is it. We don't get on this train. We're not. We're not going to our hotel. We have no Uh-oh. hotel, and so everybody is walking ahead. And she's constantly like, I, I really thought I was like a female Fred Sanford. She's constantly like, this is the big one, <laughs> and she's taking, she's taking, Lenny, she's taking nitrogen, whatever those pills are, uh, nitrogen. Yeah, yeah, she's taking those for pills her heart. Right? Yeah. So, so I'm oh thinking she's going to die at any moment, anyways. But now she's at a dead standstill, and I tell, I, I don't really know her that well. But I know how to get on a train. And so I go, you guys go ahead. Yeah. I'll get her on this train. And how'd you get her and on so the train? And so they run ahead. Yeah. And, and they go ahead. And now it's just me and this. Sorry. This me, and this, me and this beautiful person. I have to say stuff like that. Because, yeah. And, and, and she goes, and I go, I'm going to put her. I'm like, I'm looking around. I'm like, I'm going to put her on the the uh, luggage cart. Yep. So I grab a luggage thing on yep. there, and this I, I, this is one of my best decisions of my whole life. Uh, <laughs> I literally oh, she, gonna dump she an old can't lady. move. She can't walk. She's yeah. really almost handicapped. And so I literally pick her up and sort of mold her onto this because they're all waiting for me on the train, yeah. and I'm stuck with her. I'm like I'm in panic. I mean I'm literally like sweating. There's no golf cart. There's no carts <laughs> with bells like at an airport in, in New York. And I'm like so I put her on the cart right but the the luggage cart you have to flip up on its back wheels you know how it locks if it's straight yeah every single you have to flip yeah. it up on its back wheel yeah and so you have to flip it up on its back wheel oh so you have God. to tilt it up and she she looks She's at tilted. me i tilt it one time and she looks back at me with those eyes of like oh please don't but at the same time <laughs> she's desperate she's desperate like me train. yeah because she's like but she's feigning this stupid heart attack and at first i fell for it i'm still in fall for it mode that but so i tilt her on up and I go just a little bit and it wobbles quickly and and and, and this is like usually I don't do these kind of decisions but I go okay I can't do this like I can't she's gonna it's not gonna so it was my greatest decision ever that I moved her off and I just kind of walked behind her and kind of really picked up the pace and no we just walked super fast and it turned out she can walk super fast she's been sandbagging me the whole time (laughs) but <laughs> but she what? because at, at this point she's walking like I'd say four to five I'd say four to five four to ten steps sit down four to ten oh, steps okay. sit down four to ten I'm dying but she I'm knows she's gotta make the point but then then the all train. of a sudden it's at crunch time after she totally makes me make an ass of myself I literally have her up on two wheels and I'm rolling her through and I almost she almost falls off I go it's now or never you know we gotta go and she starts walking fast and I got ten. I got. Anyways, I love Italy. I think it's it's a, it's a great place. I had a great trip. You got her. On There's the train. a book about that. Bethel's mom wrote a book about. Wait, Italy. so wait, did you go to Rome? 
Went to Rome. Did you go to Florence? Florence, yes. Naples. Uh, Naples, yes. But and only a little bit of Amalfi. Naples. And a ton. We stayed in a week at Amalfi. Went to Sorrento, Amalfi. Okay, Plastic what was your Arno. favorite place? We're almost done here with this. Uh, for, I'd say Far and Away Florence was the favorite. Florence. Yeah. The, one day, the one day in Florence? Uh, we I were heard there it's a one day. We were there for like two or three days. It was two, great. Okay. And I have a great story about that, too. Well, we'll have to. But do I'll it tell on that later. Well, what was your favorite part about it? you? Were only in a mafia Naples. But I like you were the, directing a movie. You didn't even tell anybody you were directing. A movie. I was, I was doing. Uh, well, th- that was the first week, but the second week with the that concerns us here was this um, Positano for three days, and then we visited all the places. And you went to Amalfi. Sorrento, Amalfi, Capri. Yeah. We went all the places, but we stayed in Positano for three days, and then we stayed in uh, a place called Miori for three days, and. Um, and then we took water ferries to back to Amalfi, which is like 15 minutes away. So we and uh, Ravello, which was oh, I loved Ravello. Ravello is my favorite one. And it's have like, you seen the movie Roman Holiday? Yes, I have. I think a long time. And did you try to relive that? <laughs> no, but uh, I did take. That was like 50 years ago. That movie. Yeah. Okay. It's it's gorgeous. That's the biggest thing. The pictures won't do it justice. But you so don't when like you the go, history part of it. You don't like that the Romans were there. Are you enthralled? Right. Like, are, do you like to be places where they're Romans? You love the history. You'll read every. You don't plaque. like Roman like structures. They're fine. I don't want to. You're you're leading the witness. I everything there is nice. I mean, yeah, but, it's uh, you're, you're not enthralled. It's, I literally like went towns to Barcelona. Are from the 1600s. I went and literally stayed at a hotel in Barcelona because in the bar area, they had an old Roman wall. Well, everybody. T- Oh my God! You should go to Pastum. We went. They, everybody talks about the Colosseum, but if you go to this place called Pastum or Pastum, P A E S T U M, yeah, it's like this little town that's fairly close to where I was staying the first week, and we went there. All those structures are in f- like almost full. They're still there in full. So you are enthralled with like Roman structures for about an hour. Like, but you're original. Oh, look, that's amazing. But we you're not hell like, out just of here. like, oh my God, and I got to read no. about it, and I no. got to take it in, and this is how the Romans, no. right here, they were probably, this was happening. There's not that kind of magic for it. It's like two guys coming in here in a hundred years <laughs> going, uh, can you believe Lenny and Neil did the podcast from this room? Hey. All right. Oh, you're too. Uh, we're done. Uh, we did it. Our first show. Can we do the bonus one? What, let's. We, we could do a bonus one just for a one a two minute bonus. Well, one. I want to do a wrap up before we do oh, a bonus you do one. Wrap up. No, I want to do, wrap up is very quick. No, but I mean, do you have like one thing to leave us with for next week? I got a bonus topic, and we'll just we can talk about it later on the show. I would love to do a one line of thing Neil hates this week, other than Donald Trump. One line of is there anything to leave us with a pet peeve that's gotten you this week? Or something good. It could be something good this week. Uh, yeah, yeah. What's your I favorite have, thing or worst well, thing of the week? Because oh, we're going to talk about the high... Uh, yeah, I got something that bothered me this go. week. What? Yeah, go. One line. No, just this is going to be one line and then I'm going to wrap up the show. Will you do... Will you mean one line about something that drove me crazy? Yeah, something good or drove you crazy this week. Uh, yeah, I mean, the thing that drives me crazy is that I, I can't work out. I don't Why? know how to work out anymore. <laughs> and so I, I've been riding the... Uh, the elliptical? The what elliptical is that? machine? Yeah. No, the He's, stair- doing, he's putting his hands hand, back and forth. I'm moving my hands. I'm and your the feet. Hand workout, and I'm putting my hand on the heartbeat. Yeah. The, the heart. What's it the up to? monitor. 190. No, I just hate the, I'm putting my hand, it's always reminding me to put my heart on a yeah. hot monitor. And in my head, I'm like, I, I feel like, I don't know, it's never, I haven't never, I've never used a machine where it's worked. 
where the heart monitor works. It's always like it's terrible. just giving you a, a reading that you don't like, and that's why it doesn't work. I guess it just makes me crazy, and I just put your hands hate, on the monitor. So I, All right, that's interesting. I hate workout machines. Really, is workout machines. I mean, so. I can't find a good workout. I'm desperate. Can't run. You can't run I can't, anymore. I just I hate running. All right, well we'll do workout another day. It's a good one. Um, and my my thing this week has been the heat. Oh my god, it is like the subway heat. Can't we fix this? If you go down, I saw somebody post today. People were listing. Let's do this. What's the worst subway in New York for heat? Like, how hot is it? I mean, yeah. West Fourth Street. When you get on to go, like the ACE or BDF, you could die. You Why could they die. can't put an air conditioner? They, they can't figure out how to siphon the heat out of these train stations. Everywhere else you go in the world, don't they have better train stations than us? No, but we talked about this. What that, that's like getting into the worst. The worst than that is get into the car that doesn't have the air conditioner on it. After you stand in there. Oh, yeah. But it is empty, so you could get a seat. It's just too hot. They say that the heat is becoming a problem now with like planes taking off. Like they, You can't fly out of Arizona. Yeah, I, places I don't know what, where it's too hot. I've never heard of that. What is your plane going to... I don't understand. The plane's going to melt. Yeah. It, the tires will, won't... Fl- it won't. The plane will not take off yeah, in so extreme one, Someone's going to have to tell us about that, because that, that was a little confusing. I'm going to look it up. All right. So let's... We will... To wrap up... Lenny and Neil, and this is our podcast. It's uh, Four Corners. Please join us. And uh, if we you don't have know where we want to talk about. Let us know. That's right. If you have a corner that you want discussed by the peoples yeah. or somebody you want on the show, we will get them. We didn't say can. Trump one time, which is good. Uh, follow us, everybody, at Four C Podcast. The number four that is Four C Podcast at Gmail Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Four C Podcast. You're in on the ground floor. And we will see you next week.